This Breakfast with Ben's podcast on the Fans First Network brought to you by Gerger Construction. It's not too soon to start planning your dream deck. They build decks year-round, and they're booking into spring and summer 2024. Gerger Construction is a small burg business specializing in decks, pergolas, railings, and fencing. Fully insured, licensed, and now offering financing options. Go to GergerConstruction.com to get your free project estimate or to schedule your deck safety inspection today. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. A bad Monday podcast at Trib Live. Tim Benz with you after another Steelers victory in the preseason. That's two straight this year. That's five straight overall dating back to last year. They've got August down. Let's see how they do in September, October, November, and moving forward. And let's see if 9-8 and eight last year turns into something more this year. People are optimistic. Mark Madden from 105.9 The X and Trib Live. Mark, from what you've seen so far in the first two preseason games, do you have any changing opinions about where you think the Steelers will wind up this year? Uh, relatively speaking, I'm optimistic, but... You know, nobody wins the championship of the preseason. Nobody wins MVP of the preseason. But I think the Steelers have looked good in particular offensively. I think they're using in the middle of the field. I think they're uh, looking pretty good on the offensive line. And most important, I think Kenny Pickett's done fine. He's three for three on drives. He's scored every time. But the regular season's a whole different thing. Now, that doesn't mean that Steeler fans shouldn't be happy. And it doesn't mean they shouldn't read good into what's happened. It's just, you know, not going to translate 100% to real games necessarily. Uh, but they beat a pretty good team at Buffalo. That said, Buffalo knows exactly who they have and where they're at. And I think the Steelers probably went in that game with a little more intensity than the Bills did. You mentioned nobody wins MVP of the preseason. Jalen Warren's going to try, though. He's been pretty good for two years in a row. Where do you think the running back situation stands? I know where people want it to stand. They want Jalen Warren to beat out Najee Harris based on one carry uh, Saturday night, and I just don't think that's going to happen. I I don't think you give 
an undrafted free agent, the number one job over a first-round pick in just the third year of the first-round picks in the league and with your team. I, if, if Najee comes out in the first you know, two, three games and he sucks, that's a different story. But I don't know. Najee carried twice. Warren carried once. I can't read much into that. I tend to agree. I think that the momentum that Warren has built up results in more of a carry share than what we saw last year and potentially more meaningful carries for Warren. You know, potentially well, more. Well, now, now break that down, Tim, for me. Tell me a percentage. I believe Najee had 73% of the handoffs last season. Okay, how many would you give him this year and how many would you give to Jalen Warren? Maybe 65% to Najee, 60 to Najee. If, if Warren warrants 35 no, no to 40. Way. No way. I, I give 70 to 75 to Najee until he proves in real games he can't do it and Warren does better. Well, one thing I do think that people overlook in this conversation is what would the inverse look like? What would it really look like if Jalen Warren was the first down, second down back and Najee Harris was the change of pace? Because that's the other side of what people are calling for here. It's you can't have Warren carry the ball 75 to 80 percent of the time if Najee Harris, who's much bigger and like you said, higher pedigree got broken down by that. What's going to happen to Warren? There's like Amos Zeroway, Richard Huntley vibes to this See, conversation. I'll be blunt, okay, I don't take Jalen Warren seriously at all, even a little bit. He's a undrafted free agent. Najee Harris is a first run draft pick. And that's how I look at it, okay? Now, like I said, if you get in three games into the season and Najee's doing nothing and Warren's breaking off 62-yard runs like he did Saturday, then okay. But not till then. The sample is just too small to even remotely consider what you're talking about. It's too small to consider him getting 10% more carries? Because I don't think 10% is quite as much as what the populace is asking for. The populace is asking for a complete change of the depth chart. I'm asking for a little bit more Warren. No, That's but when all. you say the populace, I, I disagree with that. I think a couple media dorks are saying it by way of trying to artificially create conversation they're not creative enough to do organically. I don't know. I think the fans are enamored of what they've seen, and I think they're look. The, the fans always look for scapegoats, and Harris looks like he could be one because everybody loves the backup. Everybody loves the second stringer in Pittsburgh. I don't. <laughs> I. I mean, Najee's my guy until he proves otherwise. He's not proven otherwise yet, and I'm not totally discounting what Warren did. Although I got to tell you, that 62 yard run. Talk about great blocking by Siamalu in uh, the much maligned by me. Dan Moore Jr., and then the downfield blocking by Deontay. That was just sublime. James Daniels threw a nice block on that as well. And Warren even admitted it afterwards, Mark. He said, I was untouched. That was on the line. That didn't say much about me. I did give him credit for speed down the sideline that I didn't think he had. There were about three times where I thought that defensive backfield was going to close the angle on him and he outran the angle for that I'll give him credit because I didn't I didn't think he really had that much finishing kick I like his burst I didn't think he had finishing kick but he showed some you know what he did though too uh Tim he made a couple like little moves where he changed the tackling angle just enough to kind of get the guy to run himself out if that makes any sense it does and he did that and that's hey kudos to him good for open field run like you know I don't know if Najee Harris turns that into a house call. I think Najee Harris might turn it into a 30-yard gain. I don't know if he finishes the run. Uh, Warren did show some speed down the yeah, sidelines. Who, who would you trust more on third and three? Harris. 
Yeah, so, I mean, like, I I just am not going to bank on Warren getting 62-yard runs. No, and I'm not going to bank on him being a guy that can handle the carry load that I think Harris can if this line is as good as people are suggesting and if their offense is supposed to begin with the running game as much as they are suggesting. You know, If it went to 60-40, I wouldn't be you know angry. Well, I don't care either way. You know that. But, but if it went to 60-40, I could see that. But by the same token, if, if Warren then, you know, doesn't prosper to the extent that people imagine he will, I would gradually go back to 70-30 or whatever. Back to Pickett. I love the ball placement on the throw to Fryermuth that far down the field. Yeah, it's a great throw. You mentioned using the middle of the field. It's not even just using the middle of the field, Mark, that's encouraging to me. It's Kenny Pickett is putting the ball in places where the receivers can do something with it afterwards. He's getting it there on time, and he's getting it there in a good spot. He's doing the, he's starting to do some of the higher level quarterback things he needs to do. I have no problem. In fact, I have great praise for how he's played in the preseason. But again, very small sample. Now, now that said, guys say he looked great at camp too. That said, most of the guys who say he looked great at camp always say everybody looks great at camp. I'm, they're just certain things. I'm certain. Certain things I'm skeptical about the way they're being presented and by who. Of course, you can always draw those conclusions based on who's trumpeting the most loudly. I mean, even just look at the preseason. They were <laughs> they were three and zero last year. How'd that turn out? Yeah, but but I think that, but I think they look better this preseason than last, don't you? Yes, because I think um, we're able to look at the offense in totality as opposed to the offense and which players look the best with which quarterback, which is the analysis we were doing last year. Like, how many how many snaps was Rudolph getting with the twos? How many snaps was Pickett getting with the twos? How many of the ones were really playing with Trubisky? That was too much of the analysis last year. Now, that said, Tim, that said, uh, I still think, I think they're going to be better this year. But I think they'll probably play better, get the same record nine and eight. I think this is the year before the year. I think the stuff they're doing this year and the stuff they will do during the regular season where there will be improvement will add up and lead to like 11 wins next year. If if you made me predict right now, which I know is a long way off. Uh, And I buy that because that dovetails with a message I've been preaching, which is let's keep in mind that they probably weren't really a nine win team last year. You know, that they, if they get to 10. If they get to 11 this year, I mean, that's a huge jump, even though they were, quote-unquote, just at nine last year. I mean, they were really more like a seven-win team last year. Well, you're right. You're right. In terms of the way they played and some of the things they lucked out on, which you want to have happen. But but I think they were like a seven-win team caliber-wise last year. That's correct. It's sort of like the micro of the bigger picture conversation that everybody had with the Minnesota Vikings at the end of last year. Like, was that really a 12- or 13-win team or whatever they were? No, and they showed that in the playoffs. Well, yeah, by the same token, Tim, you win when you win. Like, the Vikings had all those wins inside of one score. Yes. And the Steelers had, like, those two rallies, the two uh, drives that Pickett led at the end of games last year that, you know, I'm not sure he could do it again, but he better. Hopefully they actually put some points up on the board earlier in the in the games, so you know they can run the ball and play with the lead. Like that would be. What, what worries me, Tim, is that they get into the first game and they make a few mistakes using the middle of the field, and it blows up, and then they they dial it way back and dumb it way down and get conservative because they do not believe in risk. Am I right? They just do not believe in risk. 
I do see that being a potential. And where that really comes into play, Mark, is that they are notoriously now a bad starting team. The 2020 COVID year maybe being a bit of a fluke and what proved to be Roethlisberger's last real stand before 2021 unraveled on him. But, um, you know, a lot of these seasons we've seen a Steelers team that has the argument of being cohesive coming out of August not play very well in September. Yeah, I mean, that's why I'm skeptical. Hey, would it shock me if they came out and won the first three games? I wouldn't be, you know, just insanely surprised. But I think the first three games, it's cliched that I've said this so often, but I think San Francisco's really good, but they don't have a great quarterback. I think Cleveland's better than we think. And the assumption that Deshaun Watson isn't going to ever bounce back to what he was when he's only 27, that's an awful big thing to assume. And then the Raiders are better than a lot of people think. And that's a trip out west. They have a great wide receiver room. They have Max Crosby. Garoppolo knows how to win despite his flaws. I think these first three games tell a huge tale, don't you? Yes, because they need to build up wins early since they've got, I think, a real tricky end of the season no matter how you slice it. They could be playing very well, and getting two divisional games and a trip out to Seattle over the course of the last four weeks is going to be tough regardless. You know, they could be you know, almost clinching a playoff spot, and I'd say that's tricky. Yeah, which is why I keep saying 9-8. and eight. And it does concern me that they might be stuck squarely in the grasp of finish middle, draft middle, stay middle. I wrote a column for the Trib Tim that talked about how trading for Minka, despite Minka being so good here in Pittsburgh and making first-team All-Pro three out of four years, uh, you know, I don't think it was a good trade. Because if you would have gone 5-11, and 11, you could have drafted Justin Herbert. But, but they just act like there's some nobility to scratch and claw to keep that streak alive of no losing seasons for Tomlin. And they just need to have a real bad season sooner or later to get a guy they need. Not necessarily a quarterback now if they think Pickett's the guy, but they need a real impact guy to come in here. And they haven't had a real impact guy come in here, boy, Tim, since how long? I mean, A.B. was kind of an accident, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I guess you could say Lev, you know, when he was drafted. But, um, yeah, they have been in the middle very much. And even at times, they had seasons where they were seven, two and one, 11 and zero, and they wound up in the middle without a playoff victory. And that's part of the reason why that streak as nice as it looks on paper for Tomlin resonates hollow because it hasn't manifested any postseason results since 2010. Yeah. It's what I keep saying, but nobody wants to hear that. I mean, and I gotta be honest, if they don't make the playoffs this year, and if they start out bad for the fifth season out of six, you've got to ask questions about the coaching at long last, but nobody will. Mark Madden with us. It is a Mad Monday. What did you think of that game being canceled between the Packers and the Patriots? Boy, I'm choosing my words carefully, Tim. Because of the DeMar Hamlet situation, now every time somebody gets carted off, they're going to cancel the game. It's going to happen again and again. Even though DeMar Hamlin, and don't get me wrong, he was – legitimately stricken badly but now he's okay and we should just let him play football but but yeah it's gonna happen again and again i i didn't like it i mean the guy was out of the hospital that night wasn't he he was yes and um there were even reports that he had full movement i I believe as he was being carted off the field now you know you can't do that in a regular season game you just can't one thing it proved him is that we care more and we need to always constantly prove that we care more. That was exactly it. And I don't 
know where that stops. It should have stopped after the Hamlin thing. It, it, I get it was it, a it preseason. It should stop now with the Hamlin thing. I mean, great kid, Pitt, still rocks. We know the story, right? But he's okay. Let him play football. Another topic, Mark, nationally in, in the NFL, sort of along those lines, the constant tweaking of the rules in the name of safety, conversation about guardian caps, conversation about changing the kickoff rule to the XFL rule. I wrote a column about that too, Tim. That takes away the 40-yard dash to a high-speed collision. If I'm a fan and I want to see kickoffs remain, uh, this, in my opinion, is at least a compromise. A kickoff return and it would be safer. I don't even care so much about the safety aspect. I'm just more in keeping football looking like football. And uh, it's a compromise. If nothing else, it's a compromise. Well, that's why they won't ever use the, uh, the Guardian uh, helmet covers, because they look stupid. And they want football to look like football, as you just said. They 100% should use the Guardian caps right away. They should 100% use the XFL kickoff rule right away. But they're not as concerned about safety as they are acting like they're concerned about safety. I hope they pay enough attention to safety that Will Smith doesn't feel the need to make another movie. (laughs) Mark, Miles Jack was in Philadelphia for such a short amount of time, he never had a chance to see the Flyers win the Cup. Yeah, he quit already, yeah? I mean, just 14 days. (laughs) Yeah, well, I mean... Hey, he was in Philadelphia. Oh my God, I'm in Philadelphia. (laughs) Sayonara. Uh, the Pirates almost had a perfect game thrown against them, and then they ended up winning. And then uh, today against Dallas Keuchel, who had an ERA over nine, they only managed two hits. And Henry Davis is just a mess in right field, isn't he? He's just a mess, period, Tim. He looks like he's forgotten how to play baseball. They have no con- – like, you know what I think might have screwed him up? Tell me what you think. The fact that they never gave him a real chance to catch, I think, started to erode his confidence, too. There might be something to that. and I think he sees himself as a catcher. I know his agent did you know, back when this all started with the Pirates. Speaking of agents and what you do with your client, uh, how do you think Paul Skeens is being handled? With you know an inning here, two innings there, what would you do with him right now? I'd give him the rest of the, uh, this season off. I would uh, have him pitch in the fall league a little bit, then I'd have him pitch the second game of next season. Bad karma. In the major leagues. In the major leagues. Yeah, I I think he's major league ready. Mm-hmm. Everybody says he's major league ready. How do the Pirates know more? They never know more. They're idiots. They're going to ruin him, Tim. Or at the very least, they'll slow play him to the point where by decelerating his advancing, they decelerate his development. Is it bad karma that the Pirates have another number one draft choice with a girlfriend who's more famous than he is, as Anna Benson became with Chris Benson and Vanessa Hudgens was with Cole Tucker? What, Paul Skeens is dating a gymnast, is that right? Livy Dunn, she's like the biggest Instagram uh, model in the world right now, yes. I thought she was a gymnast. She is, she's an LSU gymnast, but she's known for being on Instagram more than she is for being a gymnast. So she's not like an Olympian gymnast, she's not like Simone Biles. Uh, No, I think she's a a pretty good SEC gymnast, is, is what I know. So she's hot? Yes, very, very. Yeah, well, good for him, I mean, I don't care, I... I mean, Vanessa Hudgens, I mean, you know, I mean, Cole Tucker is now Mr. Vanessa Hudgens. Right. Well, she's not Katherine Hepburn in the first place. Well, we got to be rooting for us for Livy Dunn to call your show like Anna Benson used to call your show. No, it couldn't be as good. That was just <laughs> tremendous. I, I miss her more every day, Tim. <laughs> Mark, what you think of GNR? 
I thought it was really good. I mean, people are, you know, nitpicking that his voice wasn't great, but he's not going to sound like he did on the record from 1987. I thought he was very good. And not only that, too, he has a lot of charisma. He's a good front man. He connects with the audience. You know, I, I just think he's tremendous. I His voice is now where I was concerned it would be when they played Heinz Field back in 2017, and it was actually better than I expected that time. And I think a lot of people who went to that show expected that this show, and his voice has now eroded a little bit more. Yeah, I think there's some songs he has trouble handling. Well, it was a weird set list in that regard, too. Like, what's the song, the really long song from Use Your Illusions 2? What, Coma? No, not Coma, from Use Your Illusions 2, the uh, kind of the really long one uh, where his voice was kind of fluctuating. I think at one point they might have even turned the microphone down. Estranged? Estranged, that's right. That's like a vocal... That's a vocal marathon. And there were... Watching him at times, Mark, it was like watching Lemieux in his last season where it's like three games, like, oh my God, I can't believe he's still doing this. And then he puts up six points against the Blues. You know, like... Well, well, don't don't forget, though, a lot of those songs... Those songs have his range going all over the place. Like, like that's what I he mean. Has bad obsession. The second song, he can kind of drop an audio and bad obsession. Like he's kind of doing the self echo a little bit. Yes. And it's the same with UK subs down on the farm, you know, but, but like when he has to reach way up for the whole song, like you said, estranged and uh sweet child of mine, I think it's tough. And those longer songs, like you mentioned coma and rocket queen, like, those are real vocal marathons, too. I did appreciate... Well, that's a good point. At the end of Rocket Queen, the, the, the outro verse is way up. But I thought he was great. The band was great. The band's a juggernaut. The band was fantastic. Slash was really good. I did appreciate the... I, I think it was intentional ode to Elton John at the piano. Didn't you? What, what do you mean? When he, had, when he put on the Elton John coat and sat down and played the piano for November Rain. Oh, yeah, but he always plays the piano for November Rain. I thought that was a little Elton John tip of the cap. Wasn't that like an Elton John-looking coat that he put on? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I, I, it's the first I thought of it now when you mentioned it, but I, I, I just thought he was great. I think he's such a charismatic front man. Um, now, what was he talking I, about at the I, end? I, at the end, was he talking about, do you want to hear Patience or do you want to hear Paradise City? Is that what he was referencing? I, I don't know. He was referencing that they cut the show because of curfew. They had to drop like three songs, and one was Patience. Yeah, I think that's what he was getting at. And they were a little later getting on for Pittsburgh than they were in Hershey. You can't too. close with Patience. You have no. to close with Paradise City. Patience is is for a closer. It's a good song, but it's a snoozer. And honestly, that's one song I wouldn't care if I heard again. I get that way with bands. There's certain songs that, okay, I've heard it. Like, I, I for example, an, another one, uh, their treatment of... Uh, Knocking on Heaven's Door is way too long. I thought Pretenders were great, by the way. I mean, really good. I, I didn't get in there. I was. I knew I was going to have a trouble getting in. Were they better than what you saw in Hershey? Although you liked them in Hershey well, too, you just didn't see very much, right? Yeah, I don't, yeah, they were great. They were great in Hershey, but I only saw the last three songs. Okay. You know what's funny? When you see a band like the Pretenders, you realize how many songs they had that got on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like you, you don't add up in your mind that you know like almost all the songs until you hear them one after the other. Will the next time you be at PNC Park be when Paul Skeen's next pitches? No, I'm going. Uh, I I went to uh, Negro League night when all the you know the storms were coming in. Yes. So I was in the park for 20 minutes and it got canceled. Literally 20 minutes. So uh, I'm going on the last Sunday of this month to see uh, an afternoon game with the Cubs because that's really the only free day I had to go when they're home. 
Uh, by then, I'm trying to figure out. They just got to get to 67 and a half. That's the magic number, Mark. That's the cash-in number. By then, Paul Skeens' pro innings may be up to three. He's, I mean, Tim, what's the point of how they're doing that? I, I don't get it. Uh, unless they feel like that's too long of a time off and his arm will be compromised in, in February. I, I don't know. We, you know you know, what, you know what's funny? People like laugh when I say they're going to ruin him because they think I'm just saying that because, you know, I think the Pirates suck. Well, I do think the Pirates suck. But I think there's a legitimate chance they're going to ruin him. <laughs> I will worry about that every time he takes the mound until it's proven otherwise. You know, it wouldn't upset me if he said to them, okay, here's what I'm doing. Here's the schedule I want. He should be dictating because it's his own arm that we're, that they're worrying about, so let him tell them what his arm feels like. Well, not only that, I would go to Sherrington and say, listen, everybody in the world says I'm major league ready. What makes you think you're right? In the words of Guns N' Roses, Mark, it's absurd. Yeah, it, exactly. I mean, it's just, I, I can think of a few other lyrics that would describe it. But, but, but for example, a lot of the lyrics, the, the, the bad obsession or Chinese democracy. <laughs> Mark Madden is on 105.9 The X, Monday through Friday, 3 until 6. Check us out, Madden Ben's Unfiltered, 9.30 on Monday morning on the Trip Live Facebook stream. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. 